It is Thursday, May 6th, 2021. Welcome into Dirt Tracker Daily. I'm Justin Fiedler. Today we've got news from Kerry Madsen and the World of Outlaws, and then we jump back into the discussion about what makes a race good or not. So let's dive in. We learned yesterday that veteran sprint car racer Kerry Madsen and the Mike Barshinger-owned Barshinger Racing Team have parted ways in central Pennsylvania. Madsen had taken over the team's number 24 after Lucas Wolf departed the team at the end of 2020. The combination had been pretty solid so far with Madsen winning back on April 6th at Bridgeport Motorsports Park in an unsanctioned race, beating Tim Schaefer. But now, uh, now the team and Madsen are looking for other options. Madsen told Speed Sports Kyle McFadden that it's been difficult being away from home in Iowa so much and that he's going to focus on racing in the Midwest going forward. We will see him this weekend at Eldora with the World of Outlaws as Madsen will jump behind the wheel of Tony Stewart's number 14 as a teammate to Donnie Schatz. Beyond this weekend, though, Madsen's schedule isn't clear, but he did tell McFadden there are opportunities available. As for Barshinger, there has been no announcement on a new driver, but the team did say the two sides parted on good terms and that they wished Kerry the best going forward. For more on the story, find Kyle McFadden's piece at speedsport.com. I missed this over the weekend, so I wanted to double back and make sure I mentioned it on the show. Back on Saturday, the World of Outlaws Sprint Car Series announced they have rescheduled the Lawton Speedway and Devil's Bowl Speedway events for October 29th and 30th. The two shows were originally scheduled for April 16th and 17th, but both nights were lost to rain. These new dates now make this the final weekend before teams head to Charlotte for World Finals in November. The Outlaws will hit up Lakeside Speedway in Kansas on October 22nd, Lawton and Devil's Bowl on the 29th and 30th, then World Finals November 4th through the 6th to close out the 2021 season. Depending on where things lie with the championship, these two races could now be very pivotal in deciding late season points battles. For more on the announcement and the World of Outlaws schedule, visit worldofoutlaws.com. Back on May 13th of last year, I did an episode where we would, uh, discussed what race fans consider a quote, good race. At the time, I had just added a new stat to the race results in the analytics section, which was total position changed through the feature. I use those, uh, use those numbers along with a few super an uh, anecdotal Twitter polls to judge a couple of races in the database. By positions changed, I mean from the start of the feature to the end of the feature, how many total positions changed. So if a, a hard charger, for example, gained nine positions, that's obviously nine from start to finish. You basically take all of the positive changes that have happened over the course of a race and add them together to get the total positions changed. So we use those along with those Twitter polls to find a few races and judge them. And I had found the race with the most position changes and the race with the least position changes for the World of Outlaws that was available in the database and asked people to vote whether each was a good race or not. And the somewhat surprising part was that voters actually said the race with less position changes was better, but that race did feature a late race pass for the win. So the conclusion after that episode was that late race battles up front trumped other factors when it came to judging what was a good race or not. I bring all this up because this question of what makes a good race resurfaced recently. Last Friday, following the World of Outlaws show at Jacksonville, in which Brad Sweet won a wild race that featured lead changes, late cautions, and some crazy moves, I talked about the race being a thriller and even used that word thriller in the YouTube thumbnail and the show title. Later in the day, I got an email from someone who listens to my show disagreeing with my assessment that the race was a thriller. 
Their point was that tracks like Jacksonville are too small for high horsepower sprint cars, and then it just leads to too much bumping and banging and fighting with lap cars. The emailer pointed to a recent weekly show at Port Royal as an example of what constitutes a good race. In that race, there was some clean battling up front with Steve Buckwalter going on to win a caution-free affair. Following the Jacksonville race on Twitter, the overwhelming sentiment was that the race was entertaining, so I was actually a bit surprised to get an email like this. But I appreciate the differing points of view, and it's interesting to point out that people watch races in different ways and enjoy seeing different things. So this brings me back to the original question about what makes a good race. On the show a year ago, we were talking very specifically about passes and late race battles. This email expands the discussion to include the type of racing and tracks involved. I personally am a big fan of the short tracks and dirt racing. I grew up going to a lot of pavement late model races when I was younger, and I love the elbows out, kind of beating and banging, battling through traffic that ends up happening. Places like Jacksonville and the California Bull Rings are appointment watching to me. But on the flip side, I do also like the racing that happens on the bigger tracks. What we saw at Bristol or places like Eldora, Knoxville, Port Royal, those places can be incredibly entertaining as well. The difference is you are watching a bit of a different skill set play out and drivers do different things. Instead of big moves through traffic, close calls, kind of elbows out, you instead get those big speeds, momentum, guys trying different lines. It almost feels like there's a little more bravery involved. Getting to see drivers adapt from night to night is one of the biggest draws for me as a race fan and why winning a championship is such a big deal. That driver found a way to be fast across a wide variety of regions, tracks, and surfaces over a season. I also wonder here if the idea of what's a good race is maybe regional. Do California fans look at sprint car races differently than, say, fans in Pennsylvania or Ohio? Or do late model fans in the South like something different than Midwest late model fans? It's an interesting idea to ponder, I think. As you go about your day-to-day, -day, think about this and let me know your thoughts. Was Jacksonville actually a good race to you? And what do you want to see when you head to the track on Friday night or dial up a live stream? This is definitely one of those questions we probably won't get one answer for because everyone has such a differing view on it, but I will ask anyway. So what makes a good race to you? And thanks again to that email for dropping their thoughts. You can certainly do that uh, anytime you would like as well. If you don't want to appear in the comments section or on Twitter or something like that, you just want to have a, a side conversation, you can certainly do that. Info at dirttracker.com. There are five items on the streaming schedule for today, all happening over at Flow Racing. There's weekly IMCA racing from Marshalltown Speedway. California IMCA Speedway continues at Petaluma Speedway. And there's IMCA action from Kosuth County Speedway. And tomorrow night, or not tomorrow night, tonight is night one of the now 600 oil capital clash at Port City Raceway. To see the full daily streaming schedule with links to watch, visit dirttracker.com slash watch tonight. Tomorrow on the show, we'll take a look at the racing happening this weekend, including a big sprint car return to Eldora, the World of Outlaws late models in Wisconsin, and a bunch more. So that's it for the show today. Hope everybody has a good Thursday. Uh, again, if you have thoughts about the topics on today's show, please leave them in the comments below or tweet or email me. Uh, you can find Dirt Tracker Daily where you get podcasts plus YouTube and Facebook. If you like what I'm doing, please subscribe and leave a review. That helps out the show. You can email the show at info at dirttracker.com. I do check those every single day, as I said. Follow Dirt Tracker on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Dirt Tracker. And you can check out the website for all kinds of cool dirt racing stuff by visiting dirttracker.com. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We'll see you tomorrow for more Dirt Tracker Daily.